0: The football pod. The and the jeering and the anticipation. And then as he strikes it, there's that intake of breath Because
1: he puts the bloody ball 40 yards. No. The, oh.
0: the second he hits it, I knew we were under pressure. Line.
1: Subscribe to the football pod on the OTB Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette. For an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is
2: is News Talk.
3: Welcome along, Monday Evening's Off the Ball. We are stacked this evening, lots going on, so there is an All-Ireland Football Final to reflect on, which we will do in the company of Enda McGinley and Colin Ball. That is after eight o'clock. Meanwhile, Colin O'Rourke is the new Meath manager, blindsided a few of us. Liam Hayes, a clubmate of O'Rourke, is with us at half seven. And then the extraordinary Brian Cody era, a thing of the past. Eddie Brennan and Michael Fenley are with us after nine o'clock. 53106 is the text number. We're at Off the Ball on Twitter, very to say Richie McCormack is with us hello Joe evening and David McIntyre hello Good. great to have you with us uh, fine afternoon at Crow Park yesterday there were moments Dave where Shane Walsh would do one thing and Clifford would do another <laughs> and then back to you Walsh and uh, at, at several um, moments you thought to yourself my god who's going to win Man of the Match here? And really, it could only come down to whichever team won uh, was the uh, Man of the Match. So uh, that was, I think, uh, one of the aspects of the game yesterday which will linger longest in the memory.
2: Yeah, I was lucky enough to be at the game yesterday. I brought my son to his first All-Ireland and what a game for him to be at it to see two generational All-Ireland final displays from Walsh and from Clifford. And actually, and if we're being really fair, I would be adding Killian McDade in as well mm. because I thought his performance at midfield was if it wasn't for the other two, he he would have been my man of the match. He was, he was absolutely brilliant from start to finish, and every time he scored, there was, it was a sense that it was an inspirational moment for Galway. But Shane Walsh, what what a footballer that guy is! And you know, there would have been many who would have been uh, believing they were in a position to throw the doesn't do it on the big day tag at. Shane Walsh prior to yesterday but yesterday he did it on the biggest of days and to leave with nine points and I think himself and McDade were responsible for 81% of Galway scores which is in itself one of the reasons they didn't win the game but um, I'm not sure you'll we we'll see an All Ireland final for a long time in which you saw two just absolutely stand out, magnificent displays of shooting, and skill, and dummy solos and dummy hops and freeze off both feet and high marks being called and defenders being left slipping and sliding. Like to see Thomas Sullivan, probably one of the best defenders of his generation, being left on his backside by yet another shimmy from Shane Walsh was was something to see. And yeah, it was it was a privilege to be there to see the two of them at, in, at their absolute best.
3: Well, that was the other thing. I mean, it was. Tom O'Sullivan who's one of the foreign players in the country who Killian O'Connor is still having nightmares about you suspect and here was Shane Walsh and he was just driving O'Sullivan back the other way I mean that was the the thing to maybe appreciate all the more is that this was in an All-Ireland final they were doing this where space and time was at a premium and I thought uh, Kevin McStay on commentary Richie it was uh, an appropriate point to make several times he would say Dara I just want to point out this is not normal I've never seen anything (laughs) like this in a final before
0: yeah I was going back through uh BBC Radio Ulster's commentary our colleague and Langham was alongside Marco Shea and Marco Shea pretty much said something similar he was saying that you know it's tit for tat with these two and like that's the thing I think it was a couple of months ago on the show around this point we were talking about Clifford in terms of um can he be judged to be a great player if if he never wins in all Ireland with Kerry? well firstly obviously that question is, is out of the way but secondly the manner in which he stood up la- yesterday um, to take control of that final from a Kerry perspective, particularly in the first half when things weren't going their way and for them to go in with a narrow margin um, behind at, at half time, mostly thanks to him, was incredible in its own right. And again, to kind of take over and freeze in the second half and to dictate things the way he did was incredible. But like, Walsh, like I, it's it's not unusual. I think Kieran Cunningham pointed out earlier on today, it's not unusual for like players on losing sides to have great All-Ireland finals like Lee Keegan's probably done that on a few occasions in the last decade. But Walsh has just seemed to step above all that, which is why he was in that conversation for man of the match. It was like that that point in the first half where he cuts in from the left hand side and sails it in over the bar with uh, like curling it in from about ten yards wide into between the posts. Like that was magnificent stuff. Um, it felt like it felt a like privilege. I can only imagine what it was like be actually being there for Dave and his and his wee man. It was felt like a privilege watching those two play football yesterday.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you on Clifford in the first half because Kerry were down by a point at the break, Dave. Without Clifford, they could have been in real trouble. And his four points, four points in the first half were absolutely instrumental because nobody around him was doing it in the first half. And that's not the first time, and I'm thinking of the Tyrone game, it's not the first time where Kerry have been shipping a lot of water and Clifford. And it must be one of the the most difficult things to do in sport to play well when your team is not playing well and he's done it a few times now in Croker he's just incredible
2: Yeah, in the days where Kerry haven't got the job done, you can't really accuse him of not having pulled his weight. Liam Silk did an absolutely brilliant job on Sean O'Shea, who barely got the ball in his hands from play and left with just three points. And his afternoon didn't start very well. He kind of pulled a free that maybe wasn't the settler he would have been looking for. It was a long way out of fairness to him. But I don't know what you do with David Clifford. He'll be analysed to death, obviously, by managers in the coming seasons and probably has been already. It is his fifth season after all. But you always have to just settle for four or five from play i hope that you prevent the players around him from doing enough to to allow Kerry win the game. If you were a Kerry supporter, there might be just a little nagging feeling that they're just so overly reliant upon him that were something to happen to him. It's very difficult to see where they would get the scores to win these sorts of games. Mm. But we saw what happened when he picked up that injury against Toronto last year's All-Ireland semi-final. As an attacking force, they were spent as soon as he picked up that knock and wasn't really able to contribute. I don't know if I've ever seen a pure striker of a football with his instep than Clifford. I was in the Daven end. And so we got a really good view of his shots into the goal. It, in the first half and he strikes it effortlessly off both feet from about 40 45 meters out the ball is still 35 feet off the ground when it crosses the black spot and it's all with his instep he doesn't have to drive his boot laces through it Mm. or kieran mcdonald style hit it with the outside of his boot he seems to have this enormous power in his boot and yet never looks like he's yielding that power in any or wielding it in any great way his fielding is incredible those two calls he brought in with the mark that he called and stuck that over the bar kicking freeze with both feet he's deceptively fast as well i mean saw joe broadly saying he's the greatest footballer of all time that that's it's very early to be describing a 23 year old in those terms but it's very hard to make an argument for a player that we believe to be a better player than him that we've ever seen like who would it be
3: yeah no it's, it's starting to feel that way and there's almost an argument to just really enjoy it while it's happening and appreciate yeah. it while it's happening so you you remember it in real time and I agree with you on the technique it's, well it's so recognisably his own you know and he's, uh, I'd say we could watch Clifford at, at 10 and we'd see the same technique like a golfer whose swing is the same when he's a five year old and when it was 16 points apiece and he had that free which obviously poor, jo- poor Joyce wasn't happy with but like there is and it was one of those uh, one of several moments again where McStay did say this is not normal uh, was uh, just how flowing and relaxed his technique was over a tricky-ish free kick under the circumstances he's out on the right hand side there's a bit of an angle there is a pressure on it and it is because he has such certainty in his technique he just knows whatever way I intend the ball to come off my boot it tends more often than not to come off my boot that way and it allows him to have this relaxed air and it's uh it's a joy to watch. And as for the mark, I mean, I don't think anyone loves the mark. There are times though with Clifford where you're like, that was so beautiful. I'm happy to have <laughs> the mark in the game. That that, that warrants a point. Um, I one or two of them look soft in a way. I was thinking, Galway, come on, it's an all-on-final, it's Clifford, get out and like knock him off, balance. But then I did see a photo afterwards and he does look to be about five feet in the air. So then I'm kinda of thinking, okay. Maybe not as easy as it looks to stop David Clifford catching a ball like that.
2: Yeah, Sean Kelly was giving several inches to him. So you can understand where Kerry were testing the fullback in that manner in the early stages. And indeed, the way the first two balls that David Moore got, he stuck right in the top of the goal, goalkeeper because we saw the difficulties that he had, particularly against Armagh in the All-Ireland final. It's not something Rory Gallagher looked to exploit at all in the semifinal. I know Derry supporters were wondering why that... Long, direct delivery hadn't been utilised in the semi-final. Um, but, yeah, it's it's, there, it's very hard to find a weakness in his game. You probably do need somebody a bit taller. But at the same time, you need somebody who's quick over the ground. You need somebody who's tenacious. You also have to get the guys in and around him for the second ball if you do manage to break it. But often, and Shane Walsh was moving in this manner as well, they're never directly involved in the attack until the end of it. So David Clifford isn't making these runs. Shane Walsh wasn't making these runs. They're kind of just lingering on the periphery of things. And then they just pop up on a little hand pass or a loop, looping runner outside a defender. And suddenly there's a shooting opportunity. And because a defender doesn't know which way to turn because they're so equally adept off both feet, it's virtually impossible to stop them getting a shot away. I mean, that clip that we saw of Walsh hitting the brakes while in full sprint down his left side and Turning back onto his right and sticking it over from the Cusick Sand side at Tom O'Sullivan's expense is, as as McStay said, that isn't normal. There are s- so few guys over the last 50 years of the TV age that were capable of doing those sorts of things. Mm.
3: Uh, we should get into the news. Rent. Lots of texts coming in. Somebody says, Oi, Malloy, which is my favourite start to a text, I have to say. Great match. Where were the goals? Did I say it was a great match? Maybe I did say that in the intro. I don't think we can call it a great match. Um, Not necessarily because the goals point, but just Richie, I suppose, because it was bubbling away beautifully and we thought we were headed for the grand finale and then the last five minutes plus are anticlimactic. So I don't don't think it falls under the auspices of great.
0: A fantastic duel between the two players. And interestingly, actually, I know Dave makes a point there about what would Kerry do if not for Clifford? Like I went back listening to that infamous podcast that Jack O'Connor gave to The Examiner um, just under a year ago where he was asked about the Kerry job and Peter Keane looked to be on the outs. And one of the points he raised at the time was that he didn't feel like the Kerry full forward line was being utilised to the best of their abilities. And going back, listening to there were little little sentences, little nuggets here and there, throughout the five minutes I think it was maybe even less in which he addressed the Kerry situation whereby listening back to it now and looking what happened yesterday like he called his shots uh, Jack O'Connor a year ago and pretty much all of them were right and to see them pay off their essay in the style in which they did particularly through Clifford Mm. uh, was was quite something.
3: The news round is brought to you which will let labs for an effortless finish to your day it's where you're starting Richie the homecoming.
0: Yeah, homecoming celebrations in Kerry are underway. Already seeing fantastic pictures coming in from Tralee following yesterday's 20 points to sixteen win over Galway at Crow Park and Sam McGuire back in the Kingdom for the first time since 2014. The ultimate destination tonight is Fitzgerald Stadium in Killarney at 8 o'clock. Uh, those times, yeah, you might imagine, will be somewhat elastic this evening. Graham O'Sullivan was among the early risers to join Ger and Nathan on this morning's OTB and said the enjoyment felt among the panel throughout the season was one of their key factors this year.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like that's what it's all about. There's enough enough stresses out in life, and um, where football is there to be enjoyed, it's a bit of a freedom for us all. So there's definitely emphasis on that, even in training and stuff. That you know, of course, when it's time to you know tune in and stuff, we do do that. But otherwise, it's it's about having the crack and enjoying the moment and enjoying being there. Uh, from your own perspective, you've had a great, a great season and a, a great final as well. How, how have you improved as a footballer this year under this setup? What, like, what, what has given you the freedom to express yourself the way you are at the moment? Um, I, know, I suppose my confidence probably has built uh, steadily over the league campaign and stuff, getting the opportunity there and um, management also instilled a serious belief in myself um, and I also I suppose uh, there's big characters out there as well and um, the other five backs like are all uh, big big characters who I could look to and turn to for advice if I ever needed and even some of fellas there who weren't even on starting 15 who I could always turn to as well and ask for advice so all that probably accumulated into into something good for me thank god
3: yeah thank god Graham O'Sullivan there with Ger and Nathan this morning and we're going to play some of the Jack O'Connor interview after 8 o'clock. He was on with the lads as well from the team hotel this morning. It was very interesting. He was referencing, you know, these these small moments along the way which from the outside don't look overly seismic but within the group are important. For instance, he mentioned that game against Mayo where the weather was abysmal in the league campaign. You know, the main memory from it in some respects is the um, uh, punditry team in with umbrellas getting blown off the Television screen, and uh, he talked about winning that game was really important, and a game in Arman, the league is really important. All these uh, building blocks providing like a reservoir of kind of belief for the the tricky days against Dublin and now against uh, Galway. So we'll give you a sense of Jack O'Connor after uh, eight o'clock, and I guess, Dave, it's remiss of us not to uh, pay tribute to you know one of the great serial winners in uh, GAA, and I uh, like it's, it's funny you think of him post-match and he was chatting to Paul Gainey and Gainey had his uh, son on the pitch and they looked to be very close and they were having a few laughs and a few hugs and not an easy thing to whip off someone that personally you like at half-time in an All-Ireland final. A lot of us would say, Paul, give you another five minutes, give you another ten minutes, do something for me and he didn't wait around. That's not an easy thing.
2: Yeah, well, the good managers don't wait around, sure they don't and he really has delivered for Kerry on so many occasions, Jack O'Connor, and it's often in the aftermath of a really humbling defeat to Tyrone in 2004 off the back of that All-Ireland semi-final 2003, in 2003 and 2009 when they, after they were beaten by Tyrone in the 08 final and now again after their semi-final loss last year, Jack O'Connor comes in and they win in All-Ireland in the following season and they were most people's favourites from the very beginning of the year. Uh, they have gone through the season unbeaten apart from that league game against Tyrone which was a dead rubber from their point of view. Defensively he's transformed them. I think they conceded two goals in play through the McGrath Cup, the Munster... Championship, the League and the All-Ireland Championship which is extraordinary given it was a Kerry team that was being suckered by really bad goals conceding at big moments in games over the last couple of years so that they continue to improve defensively we heard from Graham O'Sullivan there I mean if it wasn't for the likes of McDade and the other two scores in chief he was up there for the Man of the Match award a phenomenal display from cornerback capped by a brilliant score himself and he assisted a couple of points as well so Jack O'Connor seems to have improved them all around overall though I still look at Clifford and I think if you don't have that guy, you haven't. You don't win the All Ireland, and if Conor Callan plays against you in the semi-final, you don't win the All Ireland either. So they're worthy champions, and they will improve because they've got this eight-year monkey off their backs, and they've now come through at the death in two huge games. That will bring them on massively, but they're not runaway favourites for any in anyone's eyes. I would imagine for next year's championship either, which is great. And I just was tweeting earlier for the fourth decade running. The first three All-Irelands of the new decade have been won by three different counties. And I it, i mean, that's refreshing off the back of Dublin's dominance for so long that we have Dublin, we have Tyrone, we have Kerry winning the first three All-Irelands of this decade. And perhaps go, if they can kick on, on the back of what they've achieved this year, they'll be best placed to maybe make it four different teams in the first four years of the decade, which would be great.
3: Mm. And Richie, that is not to mention Mead. We're back, baby.
0: Uh, Meath legend Colm O'Rourke is set to be named the county's senior football manager. The management committee there have recommended the two-time All-Ireland winner with the Royals as Andy McIntyre's replacement. Fellow former players Stephen Bray and Barry Callahan will be O'Rourke's selectors just last month on TV, no less. O'Rourke ruled himself out of the running for the Meath job, uh, but now it seems after being uh, turned
3: and knocked back three times previously in the past he's on board yeah he was emphatic on television we'll play the clip actually from last month Liam Hayes who's going to join us around half past seven or so a club mate of O'Rourke knows him very well Uh, this is very interesting Dave as as Richie says three times O'Rourke's face hasn't fitted with the county board and now I'm presuming they approached him because he didn't sound like a man a month ago who was putting his CV on the off chance that he'd be fourth time lucky. (laughs) So clearly the county board decided it was O'Rourke's time. I mean, why they suddenly decide now, I don't know, but they have.
2: Yeah, and you'd imagine he was in a very good bargaining position in terms of what he was demanding from them when the call was made. Very odd to see a legendary player take the managerial reins of his county 27 years after his final game for me, which is delightful 1995, I, mean, I, I that must break some sort of a record. I can't imagine there's been somebody in that position, certainly in my memory anyway, to, to take that job so far beyond and so far removed from his playing career. But um, I think a lot of people like Colm. He's given an awful lot to the game, uh, both from his media point of view and from the work that he's done with his club. And obviously he was a legendary player for me, all those All-Stars and the two Ireland, and he was the Player of the Year in what 1991. So the very best of luck to him. And I think everybody in the GA knows that a vibrant mead is good for the GA and we'll see uh, what uh, 2023 brings with him, him here with him at the wheel
3: mm. Must be the oldest first time inter-county manager
0: Yeah I think it is I think that's the record there he's the oldest first time yeah. inter-county manager if there is anybody else God I'm open to correction but the respect with which he brings to that job like instantly the first training session first time he walks into a dressing room what those players feel looking at him I know now like You would say before, like if a player walking into that dressing room that they've all seen him in action, chances are with the age profile of players now, they probably haven't. But certainly the name reverberates throughout the county and what he has done in Mead football down through the years uh, with Screen and with the Mead senior team under Sean Boylan, and then on a club level with Simonstown-Gales as a manager in the past few years like there's nobody pretty much on that level and there'll be instant buy-in you kind of figure from those in the dressing room for what he is bringing to the job and the demands that he'll make of that panel because they'll be huge and they've a big bridge uh, to try and uh, get over in the next couple of years to try and get back to, to Dublin in terms of Leinster. Maybe it mightn't happen under his tenure but he has to certainly try and get them there over the next few years but the respect that he'll bring into that dressing room is, is absolutely huge and I don't think it would be undervalued.
3: Yeah, he won back-to-back Mead County titles with Simonstown Gales in 2016 and 17 and uh, he's 65 in August but he's a very obviously fit 65 I think so you'd have no worries on that front but it's just it's almost odd on me on the Mead County boards part that like Oh, now that he's 65, we feel he's ready. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, well, he's, he's been sitting there and he's tried several times. I, I don't know, I just... I, I want quest- to go
0: back, Joe, Joe, have a Joe question go back mark. and
3: look at the managerial questions there for the last decade that yeah. the that, 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 that county board have made. Some of
0: them have been very strange. Well,
3: that's my point uh, as well. And and the way, you know, they treated Andy McEntee late last year and he had to go to the clubs and get voted back in. And that is not the first time that's happened within me. And even McEntee did an interview on... A BBC podcast where he was asked about the county board vote against him late last year, which by the way you do feel had to undermine this season massively and he said it was uh, down to quote, irrelevant people in the background trying to make themselves relevant, end quote. Mm. So it was a very withering assessment of whatever was going on in the background there in, at Mead County Board. So uh, that's a question mark I think hanging over the whole uh, situation as O'Rourke goes in there so um, I'm sure we'll hear from him in due course we should uh, press on Rich what's next
0: uh, Republic of Ireland striker Troy Parrott has joined Preston on loan for the season before departing for Deepdale the 20 year old signed a new three year contract with Berndt to effectively keep him there until 2025 Preston signed Robbie Brady earlier this summer while already being home to Alan Brown Greg Cunningham and Shawnee Maguire and Parrott has already set himself a goals target in the championship no less
1: well double, double figures <clears throat> definitely Um I had a bit of a slow start in in my senior career, getting going with goals, but last season um, gave me a massive boost. It was um, the fourth season I got double figures in goals and I need to continue that on and keep going.
3: Yeah, we hope he does. I mean, it's an important time in his career and he's had some big moments for Ireland already and plenty of Irish uh, teammates there as well for him. James and Tralee says, David Clifford must be in the running for best ever now. Anonymous text in Between Irish Rugby and Kerry Ireland have two teams that are more dependent on one player than almost any other team in sport in the first half Kerry had literally nothing and no one else Uh, Lads it was a good final a really good one but it was littered with freeze Kerry won't dominate like Dublin says David in Cavan uh, keep the cheerful text coming in to 5 3 one,
0: oh, oh, Who wants to see a dominance team again for the next five, six years and have to put yeah, up with sure. that kind of rhetoric that went around with that?
3: I, like, I, I, I don't think anyone thinks, can say this Kerry team is a great team. Like there is the Clifford factor. There is a great player propping up lots of very, very good players. So, where are we going Next.
0: Uh, Andy Lyons' move to Blackpool looks to be edging closer. Shamrock Rovers boss Stephen Bradley admitted today that the Championship Club have been in serious talks regarding a potential transfer. Tomorrow's Champions League qualifier, second leg at home to Ludegretz, could be Lyons' last game for Rovers. While across the Liffey, Bohemians have signed Lawrence, Dale on loan from German Bundesliga side, Union Berlin, the 20-year-old midfielder who can also play right back, is Bo's seventh signing of the summer window.
3: Uh, another text in saying going to really miss O'Rourke from the Sunday game yeah I mean that's really end of an era now actually that's um, the trio all gone O'Rourke somewhat unexpectedly it was kind of beautiful Pat Blan talking about his father almost out of nowhere yesterday wasn't it Dave?
2: Yeah, it really was. It was special on on, on his final broadcast. And I don't think a lot of people in the country were aware of how young Pat was when when his father had died and the circumstances in which he did die days after being part of a a management team that saw Kerry take on Galway in the All-Ireland Final. And then for his father's two grandsons, to throw another couple of all ireland medals into the mix i think it was 21 in total Mm. senior all ireland medals that that pat had counted between himself his two brothers tom and mick and then killian and and uh, adrian coming off the bench yesterday and both contributing a huge amount i mean the two points that killian got were very important um and it's what what a footballing family that is and it's 30 years of survival in what is a pretty cutthroat game like There's very few guys that you would see last as long as he has still be relevant and then be able to decide on his terms when he's going to step away and and for it to be on the day that Kerry ended an eight-year wait for an All-Ireland is, uh, I'd say for him, it was very special.
3: Mm. I didn't see the Sunday highlights last night. Was O'Rourke on that or...?
2: Uh, he would have been, yeah. Actually, I, I saw him uh, there as part of the Sunday game evening crew okay. um, in a box, a couple of days, ways up from us. He was there with everybody who would have been on last night. So, um, yeah, that, that I wonder is that his final gig as well. You would imagine it is.
3: Would have thought so. I would have thought so. Uh, Richie, where are we go next?
0: Uh, to Bally Britt, the William Mullins trained Echoes in the Rain claimed the future race on the opening day of the Galway Festival the Connors Hotel Handicap the 11-4 to favourite came home ahead of stable mate May's runner 20-1 to 1 shot Dutch Schultz was third for trainer Gavin Cromwell
3: uh, Jimmy in Limerick has texted in cheers Jimmy for this on the longest distance between retiring and taking over the county team Richie Bennis retired in 1975 before taking over Limerick in 06 which was 31 years so uh, there you go good knowledge yeah excellent Uh, Darren Clark then
0: yeah he birdied his final hole at Glen Eagles yesterday to win the Senior Open Championship the birdie was the difference between the Dungannon golfer and Padraic Harrington who'd carded a round of 67 to finish on 9 under par and Clark says one thing in particular helped him to victory at the weekend
3: I was very uh, disciplined this week. Um, that's usually not one of my strengths. You know, I hit away from a lot of flags. I and mean, I've, through my career, probably been too aggressive going at too many. But this week I played smart. I hit away from them. And, um, you know, I'm here holding the trophy at the end. So maybe it's something I should have adopted earlier in my career. I mean, uh, Dave, of that... Rather extraordinary generation of Irish golfers. There's a fair argument that all of them would concede that Clark was the most naturally gifted and talented and just an extraordinary uh, talent at that and probably didn't win what he could have won. So, this is a nice little, um, another uh, underlining of his major calibre.
2: Yeah, there does seem to be a consensus that of, of them all, he was the best ball striker out of all of them. And obviously he had some incredible highs as a player, but you did feel when he kind of drifted away from relevance on the regular tour that he probably didn't win as much as his talent might have and have allowed him to win under other circumstances. Personally, watching it yesterday, I didn't want it to hold that putt because I was looking forward to sitting down to watch a playoff involving two Irish guys in, in Harrington and Darren Clark. That would have been great to watch. But his two putt from off the green with the tournament on the line was flawless. I mean, to leave it inside two feet and pretty much have a kick in birdie put to to take the title was something he'll be very pleased with.
3: Rich, just a last story. It does seem as if mm. rugby will be in the courts is is how it's looking now.
2: Yeah, a group of rugby players
0: diagnosed with early onset dementia appear to be taking their legal case against three governing bodies to the courts. They include England World Cup winner Steve Thompson and former Wales captain Ryan Jones. The claimants allege World Rugby, the English Rugby Football Union and the Welsh Rugby Union were negligent and failed to protect them from permanent injury. There's been no breakthrough in attempts to reach a settlement
3: in those cases. How the negligence is prove Dave or what the burden of proof is I don't know and that will be decided in the courts but uh, what we can certainly say is this is going to be damaging I suppose to the reputation of the game it will it will highlight the concerns that many people have had and continue to have and it's going to play out over the next number of years in um, just extraordinary fashion.
2: Yeah we've seen uh, a lot of players telling their stories over the last couple of years the likes of Steve Thompson for example but if anybody hasn't read the piece in the Sunday Times last week involving ryan jones the former welsh captain and lions number eight it is just gut wrenching heartbreaking stuff and an awful lot more of that sort of information will come out obviously if this goes to goes to court and and more players and more people in those situations get to tell their stories it's very difficult to read and listen to
3: yeah only 41
2: i mean these are just
3: scary ages um, it was really desperate. So, um, obviously, everybody's united in wishing those players well and we'll see what happens in the, the courts. I suspect it's a complicated situation. Uh, Richie, we are pretty much out of time. Thank you very much. Nice and Dave McIntyre, pleasure as always. Thanks, Dave.
2: Thanks, guys.